by chance, they were all in the right place at the right time. A local sound engineer who happened to develop video games on the side overheard a local businessman talking to a friend about wanting to create a video game cartridge that had a ton of games on it. His thought process was sound. If one game sells for $60, how about we make a cartridge with 50 games on it and charge $200 for it? How could anyone pass that up? The developers were interested and up to the challenge. Contracts were drawn. They were whisked away to learn all about Nintendo development in the course of a week and then brought back home to create their gaming masterpiece. What they created, however, could hardly be called that, later going down in history as one of the worst video games of all time. Today, we're going to be learning all about this Action 52 cartridge, how it came to be, all of its gloriousness, and all of its faults too. It's going to be a bumpy ride, so stick around and join us for today's less than perfect trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 73rd episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at one title relevant to the current week in gaming history and we talk about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, and what it gave back to the world in its legacy. Today, we're looking back at Action 52, a rather infamous game cartridge released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1991. I'm David Casson, and as always, joining me is my co-host, who swears he saw a Cheetah Man at the supermarket yesterday. He is, as always, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, what was the Cheetah Man wearing? A lot of spots. I believe that's called cheetah print. Well, yeah, but I mean, he uh, wouldn't be wearing Dalmatian fur, would he? I mean, you never know. Maybe he wanted to change it up for a day. Yeah, he could be very posh cheetah man. You never know. I think in this case, the cheetah men we're going to be talking about today are just wearing like ragged, like jean shorts type deal. That sounds fashionable. I, 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 in the 90s, it was. Yeah, you got me there, Dave. You know a lot more about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So what are you playing? A lot of RuneScape. I know that already. A lot of RuneScape and a little bit of Rocket League. Uh, yeah, that's it. Nope. It's been a light week of gaming. How about yourself? What have you been doing other than the RuneScape? (laughs) Rocket League, Forza. Uh, I played a game called It Takes Two with my friend, which has got to be one of the probably best co-op platform games I've ever played. Uh, It is honestly excellent. uh, And if you have a partner to play it with, I'd highly recommend it. Not with kids. The story is kind of... Story's kind of dark because it's about a couple divorcing. That's how it kind of starts out. And so I don't know if it's good for kids, but as a game, it is fucking awesome. So, uh, and then in order to play that, I beat The Ascent, 
I think that's everything since the last time. I might have talked about that last time. I don't remember days anymore. Do you remember if I talked about that last time? I don't know. I believe you did, yes. Yeah, but... okay. Well, those are all the things. A lot of RuneScape, some Rocket League, and some Forza has been the bulk of it, though. So Yeah. Well, yeah. Ro- well Rob, you well, ever heard, have you ever heard of the Action 52 game cartridge before? Honestly, when you said Action 52, I thought it was a comic. Have you ever heard of the Cheetah Men before? Uh, heard of the Cheetah Girls. Oh, yeah, that's kind of true, actually. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so Action 52 is a rather infamous gaming cartridge, and it has a it has a history. <laughs> that's what I'll say about that. It has a history. That's well, about it. Well, what what is this history, Dave? Because <laughs> you know we all love hearing you talk about it. Yeah, I know you do. So one day, Vince Perry, a business businessman from Miami, Florida, happened to see his son playing an illegal game cartridge that he had gotten from. I, I, it was Portugal, I think. It was it was something some some foreign country. It was a legal cartridge that had forty different games on it. All the kids in the neighborhood were going crazy for it. They wanted to come over. They wanted to play. I mean, how cool is that to have a game that's got 40 different games on it, you know? Yeah, I remember the first time I had something like that. It was pretty awesome. So Perry, you know, Perry quote is quoted as having said, you know, having a nine year old at home, I had to buy a lot of video games and it cost me a fortune. A decent Sega or Nintendo game cost me 55 to $60. And so I said that there's got to be a way to do this cheaper. And so I figured that I would do this legally. It's obvious that when you see something like that, you know that there's something there. And so it was just a chance meeting that Perry would meet the man that would allow to make allow allow this to happen. One day, he was at a local recording studio. Uh, at this studio, he borrowed office space to hold meetings for his his normal his day job, his normal business. And at this recording studio, he was talking to the owner about wanting to create a cartridge similar to the bootleg one that his son had. At the studio was a part-time sound engineer. His name was Mario Gonzalez, and he happened to overhear the conversation. As it turned out, Gonzalez, along with a couple of his friends, were basically into game development. They were into making games. And so they pulled Vince Perry aside, and they said, hey, we can help with this. As proof of their abilities, the trio created a Tetris clone, which they called Megatris, on their Amiga computer, and they presented it to Vince Perry. Well, Perry was very impressed with the game, and so he hired these three game developers alongside a few other people to create the game. Now, all of these were amateur developers, but they were super excited for the opportunity to work on a Nintendo console because the plan was to make this a Nintendo cartridge. And so they signed the contracts placed in front of them, and they were whisked off to Salt Lake City, where they spent one week being trained on the Nintendo development kit. When the trio came back, they were asked to develop a 52-game cartridge in, well, I mean, no surprise, entirely too little time. And if you're a fan and longtime listener of this podcast, you know what happens when game developers are given too little time to create a game. Right, Rob? Turns out phenomenally. Oh, man. Every single game that is squeezed into nothing has just been a gem, an absolute flipping gem. 
And so here we are looking to create 52 games on one cartridge with no time at all. That little music studio that they worked in was converted to a game design studio and off they all went. And the result is exactly what you would expect it to be. So the Action 52 cartridge is a basically a Nintendo cartridge. It was also later created for Sega Genesis, but originally it was created for Nintendo that literally has 52 games on it. And it retailed in 1991 for $199 when most games were 50, 60 bucks. And uh, yeah, for $200, you could take home, you could take home this, this, uh, you could take home this wonderful uh, Action 52 cartridge to play at home. So Rob, I have pulled from this. We're going to do this a little differently today. Um, we have 52 games to talk about, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's we have, we have the two games to talk about. Uh, it's a whole lot. I don't know if we'll have time for our usual, like user and, uh, critic reviews. So I didn't really put much emphasis on it, but I do have a job for you today. Oh, what's that? So for each game, I pulled the manual of the game out of the description because literally for some of these games, the only way anyone knows what they are is uh, from the manual description. So we're going to talk about the games. You're going to take the manual description and then I will tell you what the game actually is. And we'll talk about what's special about it. Uh, we don't have all 52 games. I think we have more like 15 uh, gems throughout the entire thing. But uh, yeah. So you ready to read some manual descriptions? Sure, Dave. Yes. Sure. So the very first game on the cartridge is a game called Fire Breathers. <clears throat> Tell us about Fire Breathers. It's the last of the Dragon Wars. You must kill the Dragon Riders in the midnight skies and bring victory to the kingdom. Sounds interesting, huh? It sure does, Dave. A valiant quest. So basically, you're a dragon who shoots fireballs to kill the other player who's also a dragon. That's it. That's the game. I mean, yeah. It's the first game listed, as I said. It's also the only two-player game. It's only a two-player game, I should say. It's not the only two-player game. It is only a two-player game. And nowhere in the manual or the game or anything does it tell that whatsoever. Uh, also, ironically... It's also one of the only games on the cartridge that does not have any glitches in it. Oh. Which wow. takes which takes us into the rest of the games, which it gets a whole lot more fun. Okay. So the second game on it is a game called Star Evil. Tell us about Star Evil. Star gets brighter until there is no night. Then the fire creatures come out to rule and defeat you, but kill them all and bring back the night fun so this is a scrolling space shooter Ooh. right uh star evil is infamous for putting an obstacle right in front of you when you start to level where if you don't avoid it which you can't most of the time if you spawn that way you'll crash and lose a life also uh... also the boss won't appear if you spam your bullets 
due to a limit in the amount of sprites that can be on the screen at one time. So if you exceed the sprite limit, the boss will literally just not appear. Oh. If you spam your bullets before the boss, the game will just freeze. Also, none of the enemies shoot at your ship, not even the boss. They're not programmed to shoot at you in any way, shape, or form. Throughout the entire game. Throughout the entire game. Oh. Uh, and that would be something else, except it's not that long of a game, because level four is impossible to beat. Instead of showing the level, the game shows you a gray or pink screen and plays slow down music. Huh. Also, it just looks weird. The spaceship is shaped like a menorah, and the boss kind of looks like a birthday cake. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, right? Space, that's Star Evil. That's that's cool, right? Yeah, birthday yeah. cake. Birthday cake. You're a menorah shooting down a birthday cake. I guess it's a battle of the candles. Yeah, you, you got me there, Dave. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I try. All right, game number five on the cartridge is called Ooze. Tell us about Ooze. Avoid the green ooze. Nice. Very descriptive. Yeah. Yeah. Love these old manuals. So ooze is a platforming game where you play as a green person who dodges ooze. Oh. I know, right? The enemies in this game are programmed to teleport to another location on the screen, but they aren't fixed to any of the blocks you're standing on. So as a result, they, they float in air and they their movement lags behind the player's movement because of the way the teleport is programmed. Also, if you fall into a pit, you end up at the top of the screen because the developers didn't program any lines of code in the in the cartridge at the bottom of the screen, so the character just wraps around to the top of the screen and falls from the top of the screen. Now you think oh. you would, you think you would just fall through to the bottom but there are ooze spikes that they programmed on the ceiling for one reason. So when the character falls onto said spikes from above, he dies. Hmm. Okay. And a lot. So a side note, a lot of, a lot of these games use the same code. So this little flaw of there being no bottom to the screen and uh, the way the teleportation movement is kind of behind the player, every platformer on the cartridge uh, uh, functions the exact same way interesting another fun fact about ooze around 1992 or so the creators of action 52 cartridge advertised a contest where a player had to take a picture of a code that would pop up on the screen after they completed level five and the first player to successfully send it in would earn a hundred and four thousand dollars 52 times two right nice which would be phenomenal Except Ooze's biggest glitch is that the game crashes after you beat level two, making it impossible to finish the game and claim the prize. Uh, you know, oh, those sneaky bastards. I mean, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> this is this is either the, the more I get into this, the more I think like this is either like the ultimate troll, the biggest scam, or maybe these guys really just sucked at their job that bad. You know, you know, I wonder if. If, if is this company still around, Dave? Uh, this company, no. Damn. Oh, that's a shame because I was wondering if we could still get that hundred and four if we fix their game. 
<laughs> yeah, that that we actually know a lot more about this game after the ROM was dumped uh, because of that. So uh, because, you know, people could dive into it when the ROM was dumped, but it's trash. Fair enough. So game number nine, Alfred and the Fettuccinis. What tell us about Alfred and the Fettuccinis? The pasta has gotten out of control and you've got to race the clock and get the spaghetti linguine and other pasta back into the pot where it belongs so alfred and the fettuccines is another platformer where you play as a cook alfred whose goal is to destroy enemies jump over the blocks and complete the levels the problem is on there are actually two versions of this cartridge there is what's known as revision a and revision b and on revision a this game doesn't work at all when you select it the game loads into a black screen now, on Revision B, it's slightly better because the game will actually play on some NES systems, but not all NES systems. With that uh, being uh, yeah, I know. I know, right? It's phenomenal. I can only imagine how everyone felt after spending $200 on this gem of a, a title. Yeah. With that being said, this game crashes on level three, no matter how, what, where, or why you play it. So nice. Yeah. Game number 12 thrusters. Tell us about thrusters, Rob. You have left and right thrusters hit full speed and use laser cannons to avoid the alien invasions in the galaxy. (laughs) Oh man. So this is another scrolling space shooter where obviously you play as a spaceship shooting enemies. If you keep constantly shooting, no enemies show up, presumably because of the sprite glitch. Uh, And that would be phenomenal, but no matter what, level two is impossible to beat. If you're killed, it completely glitches up. Uh, If you progress in a level, you're met with a black screen that flashes over and over and over. Nice. Yeah, thrusters. Thrusters it is. Game number 13, The Haunted Halls of Wentworth. Tell us about that. Ghosts and ghoulies are running loose in the cemetery. Get them all back to where they belong and end the chaos in the Hall of Wentworth. So Halls of Wentworth is a platforming game. In it, you walk through dungeons and destroy ghosts by throwing crosses at them. By all standards, Halls of Haunted Halls of Wentworth is a good game. Uh, with one little flaw. If you jump too high, you die. Uh, That's it. Okay. Yeah, pretty straightforward. It's not the worst thing. No, it's not the worst thing at all. It's not the worst thing at all. Game number 18, Atmos, Atmos, Atmos. Let's say Atmos, Atmos Quake. Tell us about Atmos Quake. Legions of space pirates are causing solar flares and sending shockwaves to destroy your planet. You must fly in and arrest them all. In Atmos Quake, you play as a flying computer cursor, and you have to avoid walls and other objects. I guess they didn't have any art for this game. As if that wasn't bad enough, on level 5, your ship just keeps blowing up for no reason, making the game impossible to finish. Okay. Okay. Fun, huh? Yeah, pretty fun. Pretty fun. Game number 19, Miong. Tell us about Miong. A board game of strategy and skill. 
Try and get pieces from starting line to goal. Watch out for hidden crepes. Harder than it sounds. Hey, just as a side note, uh, some of these are weird. The, the manual descriptions are literally pasted verbatim from the manual. Copy and pasted. So if it's weird, it's because it was weird in the manual. Also mistyped. That's all true, true stuff, just so you know. So watch out for those hidden crepes. Watch out for hidden crepes. I know. They're delicious and they'll get you every time. Indeed they will. So what Miong is, is a mind, it's basically a Minesweeper type game, but uh, it's it was described by people as even more boring than Minesweeper. <laughs> so what you do is you move the icon past the field safely without dying. So all you really need to do is you wait a few seconds to see where danger spots are, and then you move past them, and you just rinse and repeat until you win. And the levels aren't random. So once you know where things are, you always know where things are. Great. Great game. Phenomenal. Got to watch out for those hidden crepes. Game number 20 is Space Dreams. Let's find out what a... It's going to be more like a fever dream, but let's find out about Space Dreams in the Action 52 cartridge. All right. There is a black hole. And on the other side... All of your space dreams. Oh. You must get past all of the obstacles to enter a hole and realize your dreams. So in this game, you play as a pacifier that can move in every direction and can also shoot a projectile. All of these levels take place in this weird textured outer space level, and you have to avoid many different enemies like teddy bears, safety pins, and dowels. There are also sunspots coded in, which are just obstacles you need to avoid. And you finish a level when you've gone a predetermined distance in the level. So for whatever reason, your space dreams consist of you as a pacifier, avoiding teddy bears, safety pins, and dowels. I can't say I've ever had a dream like that, Rob. Uh, They're pretty terrifying, Dave. <laughs> Well, speaking of terrifying, as if all that doesn't sound bad enough, this game suffers from a notoriously awful frame rate, which makes it extremely choppy, which makes an already awful game difficult and frustrating. And all this is weird as hell, but that's not even the worst part about this game. This game has no ending. When you get to the 12th level, there is no black hole. You're simply brought back to the beginning of level one. I guess it's a black hole, huh? That, yeah. No, the programmers were smart for that one. It just went over everyone's head. <laughs> Game number 21, streamers. Tell us about streamers. Try climbing to the top of this one by throwing streamers and climbing them. On your way up, you better watch out for the various pie-throwing clowns, burning candles, and bouncing balls. Because if they get you, you'll die a little each time. Yeah, this game makes me die a little bit inside, so I can I can definitely relate. So, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Pie throwing clowns, burning candles. Are, are these your fears in life? Yes, I'm afraid of clowns. I hate clowns. I don't care. I thought oh. you meant burning candles. 
Good one. Maybe I was bouncing balls. Maybe I just can't handle balls bouncing in front of me. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you make it too easy, Dave. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not taking the bait on that one. So streamers, You're the master here, but I'm not taking it. Streamers is a platforming game in which you use the B button to shoot streamers, and then you use them to pull a clown up to each platform to reach the top. Which would be cool, except when you reach the top platform, the game crashes. You can't do anything, and you have to reset the game to go back to the menu. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations, you win. Here's a frozen game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Game number 23. Bubblegum Rosie. Tell us about Bubblegum Rosie. Rose is looking for her gum, but so are a lot of other gum-starved critters. Help her get her gum back, but be careful. The critters don't get you first. So this one's a platformer. You play as Bubblegum Rosie. Your goal is to bypass purple-colored enemies, spit bubblegum at other colored enemies, and jump over blocks. Like all the other platformers, if you jump too high, you die. But not everything about this game is bad. This game is actually one that has a good story. So it's the favorite game of one of the developers, the one we talked about, Mario Gonzalez, because the main character in the game is modeled after his girlfriend, Rosie, who constantly chewed bubblegum. And as a side note, in the middle of this project, he left because she wanted him to. And uh, that wasn't exactly a bad thing because this game, you know, major flop but they would later get married and have two children. Oh, yeah, good for them. I know. Bubblegum Rosie is actually a a person, a real person. Game number 30, Crazy Shuffle. Rob, tell us about Crazy Shuffle. Educational puzzle game. Picture matching with many levels, games, and options. Tests memory and concentration skills. Oh, so in this game... You play as a microscopic orange creature who shoots other creatures. There are white blocks with purple flowers that you can't touch. There are crosses and F letters that do absolutely nothing. And in case you hadn't noticed, this is not a puzzle game. It's actually an action game. Cool. Yeah. Crazy shuffle. You're an orange creature. Game number 31. Fuzz power. (laughs) Tell us about fuzz power. Fuzzy must get to the land of Guru. He's got to avoid the walking brushes, hair dryers, combs, and other natural hair disasters. Because if he loses all of his hair, he's bald. And the game is over. So this one's kind of cool, actually. It's a platform game that takes place outdoors in a natural forest setting. You have obstacles to avoid, uh, enemies, you know, various enemies to avoid, chasms to avoid, you know, like advertised... The enemies include a comb, a brush, a hair dryer, a different colored brush, and a bomb. Uh, in each level, you have to go a predetermined distance to complete it. And this one has a little bit of finesse to it. When you start out, Fuzzy Sprite is displayed as a big, you know, his hair is everywhere. He's got hair everywhere, a big nose, and a pair of feet. And then the first time you get hit by an enemy, he loses half his hair. And then the second time you get hit by an enemy, he loses all of his hair and he appears on the screen bald and nude. And then if you get hit while you're nude, you die. 
um so i mean this is a fun game uh and it would be honestly one of the highlights of this cartridge except you can't win on the third level of fuzz power uh there's a chasm that's too long to jump over and impossible to finish i don't know someone just hasn't found the super jump yet i'm telling you man this this is uh this is special so special Game number 36, Storm Over the Desert. Storm Over the Desert. Tell us about uh, Storm Over the Desert. Using your tanks, you must avoid the minefield set by the evil army of Satan Hossein. The evil Satan's army of soldiers will kill you or die trying. Yep. So uh, Storm Over the Desert is a shooter game in which you play as a tank in what's supposed to be the Middle East. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, fun fact, it's one of only three games in the entire series that actually has a title screen when you select it, um, but you can't lose, die, or actually be damaged whatsoever. No one programmed any damage into the game at all. So I guess you just you're just a tank driving around the desert. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's awesome. It, it's it's great. I mean, so far, there's just been a list of phenomenal games. <laughs> I, I, I want to keep hearing the rest. <laughs> Game number 38, They Came. Tell us about They Came. The killing. All of the green-eyed monsters. Only to be attacked by their leader. Yep. So when they came, yeah, I know, right? The manual is phenomenal. I love it. So you're in control of a spaceship. Your goal is to destroy enemy spaceships to pass on to the next level. If you kill enough enemies, you'll get to the next level. But instead of another level, the game just freezes. Okay. Game number 40, Billy Bob. Tell us about Billy Bob. Mary Lou has disappeared. The bad guys have her. Billy Bob's stuck in jail. It must find its way out from deep within this prison in the desert by traversing all of the levels and rescuing Mary Lou. Ironically, I just have to point out, I have a uh, co-worker whose name is William Robert. William Robert. Billy Bob. Yes. That's a good name. Yes. I give him, I, I tease him about it quite often, actually. Tell us about Billy Bob. So in it, you keep jumping from holes. You pass through bricks and arrows. That's that's really it. It's not that fancy. So there's a glitch in this game that when you pass level two and you get into level three, it actually teleports you to level four of another game in this series, Cheetah Men, but refers to it as level three of this game. Fun, huh? Uh, Sure. I mean, these this That's... was a this was a uh, those were all stellar games. I mean, one hundred ninety nine dollars, Rob. I mean, I feel like we skipped a lot of numbers. We did skip a lot of numbers. I picked some of the the great glitchy games. Oh, OK. They were all glitchy. I wasn't going to sit here and read all 52 of them. Good I Lord. was going to say, like, I thought like, 52 games, they only gave us like 16. Like, what the hell, man? This is a ripoff on a ripoff. 
Now there are definitely 52 games on it. Just they're okay. not all. They're not all. They're almost all glitchy. They're almost all glitchy, but some of them are worse than others. So I picked some of the fun ones of the bunch. So gotcha. I spare you from the like every platform game. If you jump too high, you die. And a lot of the space shooters randomly spawn crap in front of you and you die. And uh, uh, the whole cartridge is just. It's just a it's a it's a regular learning course in excellent game development. Everyone should play it. Right on. Yeah, no, that wasn't believable. I should try that again. The cartridge is a regular. No, I can't do it. I just I just can't do it. Dave, this cartridge is phenomenal. It's something you have to try just to see how poorly planned games can come together. True statement. True statement. Well, there is one more game that we need to talk about and we've we need to talk about one more game, the 52nd game on the cartridge. Well, Dave, what is the 52nd game on the cartridge? That would be called The Cheetah Man. And the Cheetah Man is perhaps the most fleshed out game on the entire cartridge. And there's a very good reason for that. Why is that, Dave? Well, it was the one game that they actually want to do something with. When Vince Perry sat down to create this game, he he he, of course, wanted to create, you know, a a multi game cartridge. But he also wanted to create the next biggest thing. You see, here in 1991, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, your cartoons are really popular. And Vince's idea was to create to create a, the, the next greatest franchise that was similar to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Rob, you a, a Turtles fan? Turtles are cool. <laughs> I like turtles. I like I like turtles. Uh, I uh, love turtle I loved, power. Yeah, I love turtles when I was, I mean, here in the 90s, I love the turtles. They they were a big thing here in 91. I was probably a big, big turtle addict back then. So I mean, I still think one of my favorite games growing up has to be Turtles in Time. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so he wanted to create an entire franchise that was going to compete and be the next greatest thing to the turtles. So the Cheetah Men, they planned it all out. There was a full merchandise line, T-shirts, toys, lunchboxes shoes everything they planned out an associated cartoon they were committed to absolutely the whole shebang it it was going to be the reason that it was going to be the reason that people wanted to buy the action 52 cartridge the other 51 games were going to just be the the icing on the cake you know right it was so important that when you originally bought this game it came with a comic book that provided the backstory for the Cheetah Men, which I've provided for us here. Rob, why don't you let our readers know about the Cheetah Men's backstory? All right, Dave. A mad scientist named Dr. Morbus kills a mother cheetah while on a safari in Africa and takes its three cubs to his laboratory. Subjected to genetic experimentation, the cubs transform into human-cheetah hybrids who eventually turn on Dr. Morbus after gaining awareness of his true nature and future plans. Dr. Morbus responds by creating an army of various human-animal hybrids 
known as subhumans, to counter the threat posed by the self-aware cheetah men. Yep, sure does. Sure does. Sure does. So let's talk about the cheetah. Let's talk about the cheetah cheetah men. It's funny because you know they they had this whole backstory where this doctor wants to turn them into human cheetah hybrids, and that like he he's in their backstory but not actually in the story story. It's like what the like why why you know? I mean, why not? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think they planned much of this really well. I mean, they did write in the instruction book that there was a match three game that ended up just being a. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Action game. So let's talk about the uh, the Cheetah Men. Okay. So there are three Cheetah Men. The first one is Apollo who is named for Apollo, as in the ancient Greek god. As his name suggests, he is an archer and a scholar versed in many academic fields. He fights with a crossbow in combat, and as the leader, I guess self-imposed leader of the Cheetah Men, he was the first to question Dr. Morbus's intentions. He is the oldest, therefore the wisest. Yes. His brother is Hercules, named after who else but Hercules, an ancient Greek demigod. This character fights with his bare hands, just like his mythological namesake who did not use weapons. Did he take them from a bear? (laughs) And lastly, we have Ares, named after, well, Ares, the ancient Greek god of war. Uh, This character acquired the expertise for fighting with dual wooden clubs. He double fist clubs and he learned by watching movies shown to him by Dr. Morbus. Well, I mean, Ares clearly had to make up for the lack of weapons used by Hercules right on. So So. you have three choices. You can pick a character who actually you can't even pick a character. You get to play as a character who uses a crossbow. You get to kick play as a character who fights with his fists and you get to play as a character who smacks people around with two wooden clubs. Not too shabby. Yeah. So the Cheetah Men is a side-scrolling platform action game uh, where each character is uh, in a level and he uses his preferred weapons. So the first level is in 3D, meaning 3D as in like side-scrolling, but you can also move up and down in the level. Um, so side to side add up and down as opposed to, you know, older side scrolling games where you can only move side to side. Does that make sense? Why it's th- how it's 3D? I guess they would call that 2D point five or 2.5 D, wouldn't they? Uh, sure. In any case, you can move side, to, you know, left and right in the screen, but also up and down in the screen to avoid enemies and stuff. But it's the only 3D level in the game. The rest of the levels are all that just left and right side scrolling you know like like ninja gaiden that's just left and right right remember when we played ninja gaiden it frustrated the shit out of us yeah 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 i guess it'd be the same yeah yeah the second level is an ice palace it's notable because one of the enemies you fight is the saddam hussein sprite from storm over the desert so you fight Saddam Hussein in level two. I'm sorry, who, Dave? Saddam Hussein. Uh, I believe they called him Satan Hussein uh, or Satan Hussein in the game. 
but it's it's made to look like Saddam Hussein. It was Satan Hussein. Yeah, yeah, Satan Hussein. Yes, yes, yes. Level three is a level called the Robot City Palace. It features enemies that were reused from Ooze, which we talked about. So it's like the second or third game on this cartridge. And another game called Robbie the Robot. So that's phenomenal. Ooh. And that moves you on to three other levels. There's a sewer. There's a brick palace. And the game ends on a cave-like palace. And unlike pretty much every other game on this cartridge, this game actually does end after you beat the boss on level six. So, yeah. Nice. I know, wow. right? A game that finished. I know. I know. Uh, so, Cheetah Men, they... I mean, there's not much to talk about because it's a six level game. I guess I guess there were a lot of short games in the NES era and you had to give them credit. They did make a cartridge. of 50, There are 52 games, actually. Two don't work, but there are 50 games on the cartridge otherwise. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that's no small feat, you know, True. how many how many people can have 50 games underneath their. Uh, underneath their on their resume. Hey, I made 50 games. They're all in one cartridge and none of them work, but I made 50 games. I mean, that's 50 more than I've made. <laughs> True statement. So Cheetah Man, like I said, was going to be the big, biggest and best thing. Uh, they did plan a Cheetah Man 2. They worked on it. They designed 10 levels and only six of them were actually made. And Cheetah Man 2 was never actually released because, let's face it, the Action 52 cartridge was fucking awful. Uh, yeah. But it, but in 1996, about 1,500 copies of an un, of unfinished Cheetah Men 2 were located in a warehouse in Florida and eventually put on sale. All of said copies were reused Action 52 cartridges with a small gold sticker that just labeled it Cheetah Man 2. This cartridge is one of the rarest Nintendo cartridges. It's incredibly rare and hard to find. Obviously, there were only 1,500 of them. Um, and in case you're wondering, in pure Action 52 form, it's impossible to beat this game because one of the levels uh, in it, which in which you're Ares, you can't you can't finish. There's a glitch that doesn't let you finish it. So, I but, mean, it's an incomplete game. What do you expect? I know, I know. Well, someone got it, but they sold it. They sold 1,500 copies of an unfinished game, like. Uh, what did you expect? You know? I mean... I... Uh, the, the, they were probably advertising it as an unfinished game, I would hope. Yeah, well, you know... So... They did eventually port this over to Sega Genesis. The Sega Genesis is notoriously better. Um because it was given to an actual development studio and they weren't put on a ridiculous time crunch. Um, so yeah, there's a very big difference in opinion between the Genesis version and the NES version. Um, I don't know. I mean, they asked $200 for this trash. Uh, I, I imagine there were a lot of angry people out there, huh? Yeah, probably. One or Rob, two. 
Rob, I just took the liberty of going on eBay and looking up Action 52. There are three listings for Action 52 cartridges. Uh, One for a Sega Genesis, one in North America for an Action 52, and one in Canada for an Action 52 NES. Take a wild guess on what the American Action 52... Now, this is pre-owned. It's just a cartridge. So a pre-owned cartridge, Action 52, what do you think? And this isn't the Cheetah Men 2. I'll look up that one in just a second. But let's take the Action 52 cartridge. What do you think it's going for on eBay? Uh, it's dumb, but I don't know, I'm still going to say it's something like $60, $70. More. Much more. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's only three listings of it on eBay, to be fair. So it's not like a ton of people are selling it, and market tends to dictate its pricing, you know? I mean... Um... Okay, if that's the case, let's talk 450 You were damn close. It's actually going for $400 or best offer. Wow. I mean, to be fair, that's also what someone's asking for it, not necessarily what it's selling for. So, so on the other hand, now Cheetah Men 2, there is on eBay a factory sealed 8.0 rated Cheetah Men 2 oh. cartridge for the NES. So it's rated and it's factory sealed Cheetah Men 2. Remember, it's one of the rarest cartridges. What do you think? The rate there's a rated one, and then there's a uh, like a one that's signed, actually, but not rated or sealed or anything. So let's take the let's take the normal one. What do you think someone's asking for? This just it's a signed box. It's not. It's it's it says here's what it says: Cheetahmen to the Lost Levels, signed, sealed. Oh, and it says 2012. Oh, this is the 2012 one. This was like a remake one, I believe. Okay, well, let's go with this one. The Lost Levels was was a 2012 Kickstarter Nintendo cartridge. Does that make sense? Sure. They kind of redid it in 2012 after Kickstarter. So it's oh, sealed, yeah, okay. So it's sealed and it's signed. Um, what do you think it's going for? 250. Uh, double, actually. Yeah, okay. So 500. Now. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, man. Now, the other one. The other one. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. uh, um, It's not the Lost Levels. Okay, it's not the Lost Levels. So. This is actually the original Cheetah Men 2 cartridge, factory sealed and uh, rated at 8.0 on, you know, on, on the scale for, for, you know, quality. What do you think they're asking for that cartridge? Um, what do you mean? Not the lost levels. All right. So in 2012, they came out with one called the Cheetah Men of the lost levels. Oh, okay. But as we just talked about in 96, they sold this game. They sold this game. So this is the 1996 
It's a sealed copy. Gotcha. So it's the it's, original. It's the original. It's sealed. It's rated. So you know it's in that let you know that that plastic and that case. Fifteen hundred of those made. Fifteen hundred of those made. Yes. Oh, I am terrible at this stuff. Oh, you I, are not. You're not going to get this by a long shot. But that's okay. You should try anyways. Twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, you overshot it by a lot. Damn. You overshot. You, 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 you. I was gonna guess five thousand at first, but then when you said you'd be way off, I was like, I gotta go way high. Then you would have been closer with five thousand. Um. You would have been closer with five thousand than with twenty five, but you're—I mean—you're in the ballpark with—you're in the ballpark. How much? Nine thousand. Wow. The asking price is eight thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents, or best offer. Also, they allow you to have free four-day shipping and free returns. Ooh. I'm gonna—I'm gonna go get that right now, right, <laughs> right now. I'm gonna go do that. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's freaking it's freaking nuts. Um. I mean, but hey, there might be someone out there who would pay it. Very, very true. Um, very, very true. $199. Fun, huh? Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of money for... Something that really sucked. It is. Well, hey, we still have a little bit of time, so I did pull a few user reviews. You want to read them and see what other people thought about it real quick? Sure thing. First, we have user Marguerite Richardson on Moby Games, who said Action 52 sheer badness could kill a whole cornfield and cause milk to go sour in cow's udders. None of the 52 so-called games work right, if they even work at all, and if by some miracle they actually start... There's an army of bugs guaranteed to make them unplayable. But then there's the dirty little secret that games are designed to be unplayable. Just another facet of Active Enterprises' scam. True enough. Interesting true. thought. I mean, I wonder if there is any validity. What's the next one have to say? So we have Servo on Moby Games who said that this isn't just the worst game ever made. It's the 52 worst games ever made. <laughs> You actually have to see this to believe how bad it truly is. I can't think of any way to convey in words how poor the games in Action 52 are. It's truly awe-inspiring in its awfulness. I thought it might be good to make fun of, kind of like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 of video games, but as it's not much of a challenge, it's not even good for that. Since this game is quite rare, it seems to sell for a high price often, Makes an interesting addition for NES collectors, but otherwise, it's useless. Very true. I think I pulled one more for you. Yep, so we have Wolf on Moby Games, who says this is not a pirate cart. This is a collection of 52 original games. Most of them are simple one-screen things. Many even feature scrolling. Most are some kind of space shooters, driving games, or platform games. Uh, well... That's about that. And yep, if I say it's original, it's original all right. All of the games are absolutely, unbearably, categorically horrible. 
I'm actually quite speechless. So horrible that they're funny. Well, they're funny if you just downloaded the ROM. They sure aren't funny if you actually spent your pocket money on the cartridge. Unless you get really drunk before playing, or get the bright idea to sell the card to some collector a few decades later. I hear original carts can be valuable these days. $9,000 valuable. Oh my god. All in all, the whole thing is charmingly bad. The only real reason to hate the makers would be the obvious money-making scam they tried. The games themselves are actually chuckle-worthy if you happen to like to play really bad games every now and then. This game is best experienced with a company of people who happen to like bad games. Those who don't like bad games may want to do what many people have suggested. Get a bunch of people together and start a drinking game of some sort. Just beware of alcohol poisoning. (laughs) Oh... Rob, I don't honestly know if I can even suggest playing this to someone I tried. It is, it, 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 I don't, I don't, just don't. There are much, he's right. It's so bad. It's not even fun to make fun of. It's just bad. It's bad. Like to me, it feels like the biggest scam and you don't think that they were trying to be a scam, but like. It's two hundred dollars for gate, not nothing. It, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just bad. Just avoid this one, I guess, unless you're morbidly curious. That's about all I can all I can say. Fair enough, Dave. I'll have to take your word for it because uh, I'm not going to spend nine thousand dollars. Yeah, true statement. Well. If you want to check out more about the Action 52 cartridge, I have uh, links on my notes on www.memorycardlane.com. Also on memorycardlane.com, you can check uh, old episodes out. You can learn about Rob and I. You can find a link to visit our Discord, or you can find a link to our social media. I am on Twitter at DavidIsWrong. Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? I am on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, at the top, we tell you that each week we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as inspiration, or what it gave back to the world as its legacy. As part of our commitment to do so, we talk each week about what we learned. Roundtable, Rob, what's your biggest takeaway from today? I mean, having known that or not having known that this existed at all, I guess to learn that there was actually a game for the NES that contained 52 games on a single cartridge, uh, that cost a lot of money, even for the time and also completely sucked. Oh, uh, it, it's all just kind of atrocious. shocking. Yes. I mean, obviously I, I've heard of terrible games and that's you no know, stranger to them, but I guess I never really considered NES cartridges having the capability to hold 52 games, just knowing the limit limited capabilities at the time. You know, Cheetah Men kind of had a little cult in Japan where it has the name Hello No Kitty or Hell No Kitty, actually not Hello No Kitty, Hell No Kitty. Oh, Uh, and they remixed the theme to it and did all sorts of stuff. That's why the Kickstarter was so popular, why it was able to, make but uh if you get a chance look up 
the Cheetah Men theme, and you'll find remixes. Um, I don't know if I can recommend looking up the Cheetah Men. It's really horrifying. I'm even going to lie. Uh, it, it, yeah, this one's just bad. Th- this one's just... This one is a doozy. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, Right you are, Dave. I try. Sometimes. I I do try sometimes. It's very true. Uh very, very, very true. But uh but yeah. Fun fun stuff. Rob, anything you want to add before I take it out of here? As always, I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much to everyone for listening. We love doing it, and we hope you love listening. Let us know or don't. Your call. So next week, uh if you're a, 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 you know, you listen to episodes, you may have likely heard this teaser again, because at the first episode of the year, when we talked about our end of the year review, uh, I talked about this already. We were going to do Rob. Do you remember what we were supposed to do for the first episode before I hijacked it, decided to do RuneScape for you? Uh, it was some kind of music game. Very true. Very true. I'm going to use the exact same plug because I'm unimaginative. And why break it if it's not broken? Why reinvent the wheel? I I could use all sorts of analogies. So anyways, yeah. Next week, we're going to be turning it up to 11 as we look back at the early history of musical acts and video games. Starting with Journey Escape in 1982, We'll be looking at a number of titles throughout the 80s and 90s starring famous musicians or musical groups. Aside from Journey, we'll be including games starring Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson, Aerosmith, the Wu-Tang Clan, and more. So join us again next week as we take the center stage and rock it out on a musical trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Scootoo-bop-a-doo-wop. Bye.